0: Welcome to the We Build Leaders podcast, where we are committed to equip, develop, and resource pastors and local church leaders. Don't forget to subscribe for new content every month. Thank you for joining us for today's episode with Rev. Cal Swinson and Pastor Caleb Crenshaw.
1: Well, great uh, connecting with you today. We've got one of our awesome church planters, from Oak Park, California, that's with us today. And Caleb Crenshaw it is good to see you. And good to be here. Uh, tell us a little about yourself.
0: Yeah, uh, my wife and I, we were youth pastors for just over a decade and uh, they began that whole church planting journey. Uh, actually, you started it. This is your fault that we're doing this. So <laughs> Cal handed us a book. And he said everyone who reads this book plants a church and i said well i'm I'm up for the challenge and so i read the book thinking i was going to be the exception (laughs) but as i read it i was like man church planting is a great way to reach lost people and we realized like we could do this and that kind of started the whole journey you know we went to dc and spent a year with mark batterson out there and like trained and learned um, and then came back to sacramento oak park and planted a church. We're about a year and a half in at this point, and it's been it's been a ride.
1: It has been, and man, you've uh, reached a lot of people, and that's very diverse community in Oak Park, isn't it?
0: Yeah, that was what drew us, you know, in there was that my wife and I were a mixed couple, and we really felt drawn. We're like, let's go to a place um, that looks a lot like us, that we could minister in a unique context, and you know, really build bridges and and reach reach people that are rich, poor. Uh, black, white, Mexican, all kind of across the board and, uh, and just love people really well in a community and, and Oak Park being what it is, even a neighborhood in transition, it's uh, known for violence and stuff, but then it's, it's been gentrifying. So it's not what it used to be. It's like actually kind of a, a really nice neighborhood in certain parts now, but then there's also like the parts that are real rough. And so we're like, man, let's, let's, let's build some bridges. Let's Let's bring people together across all these different lines, people that wouldn't normally come into the same room and like one another. Let's introduce them to Jesus, and let's be one big family uh, that that all of that stuff doesn't really matter because we know Jesus. And it's working. It's working. It's working. The congregation looks like that. It looks like our community, and so we do. We have uh, the rich, the poor kind of across the board, uh, and it's really cool to see uh, people who come in, and you're like, you—, you um, you know, you definitely have things real rough at this point. I'm trying to think how to what's the politically correct way to say everything. <laughs> but some people who literally I'm like, I don't I don't think that you had a place to sleep last night. Mm. And uh and then and then across you know, across the aisle or sometimes right next to them will, will be somebody who works on T V or whatever. And you know, and it's just this full mix of, of beautiful people from all kinds of different backgrounds. That's awesome.
1: Well, you know, when we when you were in the process of doing pre-launch. We talked about first impressions mm-hmm. and how important it is. Uh, you know, we've, we've been battering back and forth about the fact that uh, um, between the first five and 10 minutes of people on the property, they decide whether they're going to come back to, to the church or not. Yeah. And so that's very interesting because it kind of diffuses it. I mean, we think it's because of, you know, the worship and especially because of the great, You know expository preaching that we do and Uh everything else and really by the time it gets to us they've already decided whether they're coming back or not yeah so uh i know that you've done some you know some of the pre-launch uh work and part of that was the first impressions part yep uh just talk to us a little about uh some of the basics i mean why do i think it has to do with values what why, why do we even worry about first impressions?
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, just to kind of start, for us, we recognized if we were gonna reach people from a lot of different backgrounds, we had to be really good at hospitality. Uh, because even the expectations, whether, you know, wh- however you grew up, what we've realized is that oftentimes people who grew up not having a lot are really good at community um, and, and having close relationships and feeling, you know, but they also need a lot. And if, they, if, if, if people who haven't had like healthy relationships walk into a place and they're not feeling a little bit of extra love, uh, th- in their mind, actually, it goes to the opposite where it's like, no, actually, um, you probably don't care about me at all. And, and like it's the extreme, and so I've uh, we we've noticed that, and, and part of that has been my relationship with Michelle. We've been in a lot of different contexts together, and realized like, oh man, I I came off as standoffish a lot of times, and I was like, no, I was being really nice. I was I was on my best behavior. You know? <laughs> but but we realized that culturally there were some things that we were missing. Yeah. And so we brought that in and said, if we're going to reach people from all kinds of backgrounds, well, then we really need to lean in. And create the hospital, the hospitable environment. You know, one of the things we say is that we exist for those who aren't here yet. And so, who are they? And and that's how we gear everything that we do. How we, yeah, how we plan our worship, how we plan our sermons, how we plan, you know, all that. But especially how we look at hospitality. If we exist for those who aren't here yet, then then we're existing for a person who feels very uncomfortable coming to church, who's got a lot of questions, who may have church hurt. We we exist for the person that as they walk onto campus, which we meet at a high school anyway, so it's already a little bit different. Yeah. But like they're they're not like oh I know where to go, the, you know. We're we're they're instead feeling anxious like where do I where do I go? How do I act? Am I dressed right? Because we exist for those who aren't aren't here yet, you know. And 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 again that's and and then you add in the cultural elements that are all there. It's just so important that for us we take and say hey. How are we going to love people really, really, really well? And so we build our whole system around that. We build our culture around that. Um, and it's, it's, it's all for, I guess, the outsider.
1: Yeah. Well, I think a lot of the assumptions that uh, many churches have is that the people that will walk through the door are like the people that are sitting in the congregation. Yeah. And really... Uh, And you and I have talked about this before. Uh, One of the studies said that for every person that's in church in America on a Sunday morning. There's six others that aren't in church because they've been hurt or alienated by the church. So really, when you talk about doing the overboard thing of really being hospitable, it is trying, it's really an uphill battle, it seems like, trying to get them to a place where they realize that we really do care about you. We really do want you here, no matter how you are.
0: And what's hard, Cal, I feel like, and we we had a benefit because we're a church planter so we get to establish culture from the beginning mm-hmm. and it's it's a lot of the reflection of Michelle and I my wife and I but um what's difficult is that you have to create a culture where it's not just the pastor who feels that way but it's the entire team so and 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 that the church is kind of built around around that as well and and so we we've we've really worked hard at like in my messages that's getting preached like that gets brought up we exist for those who aren't here yet probably gets said Two or three times a month, um, and and we we exist so that people can experience God, find family, and live fulfilled. Is every single week we talk about those things, and we talk about next steps. We give a salvation opportunity at every message. That's because awesome. we exist for those who aren't here yet, and so even in our huddles, you know, so we'll we'll take and structure out our our huddles uh, in the morning when we get everyone together. Hey, let's, let's go hard. Let's love people well today. Let's set the tone in worship. Let's set the tone in, in how we respond to the word. Today, people are coming for the first time. Let's say this every single week. People are coming for the first time and, and, and some of them are feeling uncomfortable. Hey, let's welcome them. Let's help them to feel at home today. Let's learn their names. Every person has a name. And 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 their name, I, I think I'm trying to think uh, who who was it who said it's it Del Carnegie. I got it in my notes over here. But Del Carnegie said uh, said that that a person's name to that person is the sweetest sound in any language. Mm. And so we really push hard for every person who's on our dream team learn names. If you don't know someone's name, say I'm sorry, I don't, I don't know your name yet. Can can you one more time and and learn their name because if we can learn people's names and when they show up they have a name. Now they belong. Wow. And and that's what we're looking for. We're trying to, Hey, we want people to come and, and on their first time on their second time, they're like, man, I feel like, I feel like I belong here. Like, I feel like this is home. And we, we get that all the time where people will come in and they're like, man, and and now Cal, we're not, we don't have it all down. We're still very much in process. And, and like, we don't, you know, we have a worship leader who's very much like learning. She's, Anointed, she's great, but she's learning. You know, we're a church plant. Are uh, we? We don't often have like a full band. We're just we're working with what we got. Um, my my preaching. I'm I'm a year and a half into being a lead pastor. I think I'm a pretty decent preacher. But like, I mean, doesn't everyone? So <laughs> <laughs> you know, everyone thinks they're a pretty decent preacher. But like, at the end of the day, we're looking and saying, man, what's that thing that we can do that that's special that that when someone comes in, they're gonna say, man, this 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 felt right. Even if my sermon doesn't hit home, they felt loved, and that love came from Jesus, and it, and it, and it came through us. And so that's, for us, again, that's, that's where all of this kind of comes from.
1: Because ultimately it's about growing the kingdom. Yes. It's not about growing the church. No. No. But uh, the church is, for many people, is the entry point to the kingdom. Yeah, And I love the fact that you give people an opportunity, every service, to step into relationship with Christ. You know that's that's bottom line what the church has been called to do. So that's amazing. Um, you know, really having that value, have you sensed that it was, uh, has it been a teaching? track for your team to bring them to that? I mean, is that something, obviously you're talking about it all the time, but yeah. how is your team related to, cause for, if they've been in church any amount of time, this is a whole,
0: this is a whole
1: nother track for
0: them. Sure. Sure. We, <clears throat> I think that Michelle and I have, have attracted a lot of folks that, um, are, are maybe not your typical church people. And so because of that, and, and and our our pitch from the beginning for team has always been like, hey, we're a church for the unchurched, we're the church for the people who haven't reached. So the people who want to be a part of that are typically people who would lean in yeah. in this kind of way, because they get it. Like they they know how uncomfortable that can be. They've been in that situation before. A lot of people who are on our team got saved, like as either a part of the dream team or after coming to the church. So they had a first time with us, Right. And so because they've experienced that, like to, to many of them, like that is what's normal. So turning, turning that is, is tough to do. Again, for us, it comes down to, we are, are emphasizing week in and week out the same cultural value. We say the same thing. Uh, what, What do they say? Vision leaks, right? And about the time that you think that you've said it too much is about the time people have started hearing it. You figure the people that are serving in any given church aren't necessarily serving every single week. They're not there every single week. So if they come and serve twice a month, that's our our system is twice a month. I need to make sure that in the two weeks they were gone, that they can be reminded, hey, this is how we welcome people. This is how we want people to feel so that the defenses can come down and they can experience God today. Because we don't want any any barriers, we don't want anyone feeling uncomfortable in that moment because they're already going to feel that. So how yeah. do we remove those barriers? And so that's again, that's how we kind of lean in that way. Now, some people have come in and they've got some church history, and and part of that is then now we we stick them with people who who get it, you know. And, and again, we're emphasizing the culture they've experienced it on their way in, and you know we we've done this in youth ministry too, um, whether it be like first impressions things or. How do, you, how do you minister in a spontaneous moment of worship, right? And we're raising up youth worship teams. And so one of the big things, we would do dry practices. We don't have a building, so we don't get to do those as much, um, although we do have like a once-a-quarter rally where we practice things with everybody. But our... We, we don't have a building to, to just, Hey, come on over to the building. Here's where you stand. Okay. Now do a little fake pretend. Okay. I'm coming through. I'm a visitor. <laughs> you know, we don't, we don't do all that, but I think especially if you have facilities, you have the ability to take and say, okay, let's, let's run this through and we're going to have a training day and we're going to take another step in how we really love people and let's practice this together. I I heard um, I still heard a story. I want to say it might have been even on this podcast uh, of of a pastor who, like, before they got saved, they had showed up to a church and their experience was of an usher basically turning them away. Oh wow! It was like, hey, you're not you're not dressed right. What are you doing, dressed like that today? And and so as a result, they were like, man, I, I'll never come back to that church. You know, I'm I'm never coming back to that place. And, and then they ended up in a different situation and. And the usher welcomed them in, and like, and, and it was, like, hey, come on in, how you doing? And it was a different feeling, and all of a sudden, like, man, I can I can belong here, and so I I think like those are the kind of things that come to my to my mind when I think about. I, I want people to feel like, man, I'm so glad that I came today because you're glad that I'm here. Mm.
1: That's good. Well, I think we lose sight. I think the longer that people are in ministry, we lose sight on the fact that. Many people that will walk through our doors don't have a clue of what we're doing. No idea. Uh, I read a book about uh, going to multiple services by Surratt. And one of the things he said in that book was that the typical person that comes on the property, they drive in, they don't know where to park because there's no guest parking. Uh Uh, They don't know where the front door is because there's bad signage. Mm -hmm. They finally get in the door with their kids and they're looking around trying to figure out, okay, where do I take my kids? Nobody's there to help them. Nobody greeted them at the door. By the time they get their kids into kids ministry, find a seat all by themselves, and then they sit in a big room with people that they don't know, uh, typically listening to music in a genre that they would never listen to done badly (laughs) for about a half hour, and then somebody has the audacity at the end of that to get up and ask them to pay for it. (laughs) You know, we're going to pass some buckets around if you'll pay for that, that worship part that we just had. And then some guy gets up and yells at him for 45 minutes and then asks him to come back again. No wonder the stats say right now that the average person that visits a church, only 10% of them actually come back. Wow. That's, that's the retention for the average church in America is 10%. And we wonder why. Many times it's because we have people that have a genuine hunger for God. Yeah, They've been drawn to by the spirit to a place where they can experience God, but they get there and there isn't anything relevant for where they are. They mm-hmm. can't identify with that. And it doesn't mean they have to understand everything, but there's nobody even to come alongside of them yeah. to help walk them through that. Yeah. Now, I was at your church on your launch Sunday. Yeah. And one of the reasons that I wanted you to converse with me about First Impressions is that your team was off the hook. I mean, they, uh, their willingness and ability to be able to connect with people as they were coming in, uh, you know, the numbers say that the average person uh, that comes to church needs uh, 11 to 13 touches wow. for them to feel at home. So it isn't just one, two, three, four, five. It isn't like
0: that. <laughs> Let me <laughs> but, just pat mm, you on the back real quick. <laughs> that's
1: right. Let me get 11 hits in. <laughs> but, but but the touch is somebody at the parking lot that's waving at them. Yeah. So it's touches touch is a greeter at the front door. A touch is somebody in the auditorium that comes up and says, hey, good to have you here today. Uh, you know, all during that time that they're there, 11 to 13. So within they get back in the car. Because here's what happens. You and I talked about this the other day. People have a bad experience in church. It isn't necessarily that the service is bad, but it might be because they feel like they don't connect. They don't feel like uh, they're apart. They don't have enough touches to make them feel like they felt at home. Yeah. And, and what happens is the next Sunday morning when they get up, they look at their spouse and say, hey, let's go back to that place that we didn't feel at home. I mean, that never happens. Let's go back to that place where we didn't like what was happening and it was just, you know, so irrelevant to where we are. Those conversations don't happen. No, not at all. And so it's important to be able to have the light go on in each and every lead pastor's head that says, "Okay, what are we doing so that that first five to 10 minutes of people on the property that we become sticky? That yeah. they wake up the next morning and say, Hey, you know what? That was a pretty good experience. Let's go back there again.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, you know, the, the numbers play out. Uh, if you can get person to come back the second time, there's a 50% chance they'll come back the third time. Up in a get big them to way. Them the third time, 75% chance that you'll get them back to come to, back another time. Yep. Fourth time, you got them.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And
1: in fact, there was an old Texaco, you know, the gas station, they had an old, um, program years ago and it basically said try us four times because they knew that if people tried him four times it would become a habit. I love it. And yes. uh you know what? We need to apply that to our churches. Yeah. You know, if we can get them to come back again and again and again and get past just keeping one out of ten. Yeah. I mean something's broke with that.
0: Yeah. I've heard uh, one pastor say, hey, try us for six months. If this doesn't change your life, if this doesn't affect your life, if you're not better for being here for six months, go somewhere else. It's okay. We get it. If this isn't your home in six months, but try us for six months. Get to know the community, get connected, and then see what takes place. I, I think that you're right when you talk about you know five, five to ten minutes. And, and it's almost like it's, it's helpful to go through an exercise, right? Like almost drive on to your campus or wherever you gather. For us, it's a high school drive on what did that feel like how hard was it to find the parking lot would it have been helpful to have some signage or a flag you know would that would would or, or to have somebody out there with a sign like I, when we were pre-launch we went to a, a church here in Sacramento that just did such a great job with first impressions like they crushed it and and I remember we 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 pulled up and they had teenagers out on the sidewalk with signs all happy and smiling and then they had their parking lot people like park over here you know helping us in that way and then we got to the we we're on our way to the door and someone was like hey wait are you are you new and and I was like yeah and this is a large church There they're a couple thousand people on a weekend are you new I don't know if we just had that like dumb look on our face, you know? <laughs> we looked lost. I don't know. But then he sent us over to the the guest table and 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 had us fill out a form and gave us a Starbucks card, you know. And just at, at every stage, it felt like, man, I feel like I was seen. Mm. And and I remember we 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 walked away that Sunday. And we said that is how we want people to feel. That's how we want people to feel. I, I, honestly, I was like, if I wasn't planting a church, that would have been my home church. Based on that five minutes um cuz because I felt so seen and and then of course it was a powerful message you know they they there's there's fruit in their ministry yeah. but but that meant so much to me that I I literally got our whole team our whole launch team I was like hey guys and at the time it was only like 7 of us and I was like hey guys come and you need to go to this church and fill this out and so what we did is we began to craft things around that we noticed that if we had a tent outside that it said we're open for business, Mm -hmm. you know, like a tent outside with a bright colored tent that's our church colors and has like our name on it or says, welcome, man, that right there to people says, okay, there's something happening here. And we would have people stop by on the street. Hey, what's going on? Because we have a tent up. We set flags at, at the corner of all of our major streets with signage that points arrows, because again, we don't want people guessing where how do you get here yeah. you know and that that all corresponds with what's on our website and everything as well and then once they get in the parking lot i guess there's there's the um there there's the aspirational right and then there's the like actual like attainable right now. We're we're a small church, again, church planting. And so our team is growing. By the way, welcome team is like the best place to put new people that are getting engaged. We we will get people who are coming in. And I'm like, hey, why don't you serve on the welcome team? We can plug them in next week. Yeah. And and the more people that we can have welcoming people, the more that people are going to stick. So it becomes a win-win because now we have people engaged quickly and we have people sticking, right? And so then we'll take, uh, in an aspirational world, we'd have someone at the parking lot, like I described. And then for us, we have a gate with like probably about a hundred yard walk up to the building, a 50 yard walk up to the building before you turn right to go to kids or left to go to the adult. And so we set another set of greeters that'll be like at that gate, another, that'll be 50 yards out, kind of where people have to make a choice to go left or right. And that way they don't have to wonder like, do I go left or right? I got kids. What, you know, no, we, we, we let them know all the way, all the way to where they're going. And then we have another set of people because it's kind of a far walk from kids to the main building. And so then we'll take and set people out front of our auditorium. And then, and then we have a, a, a sharp turn. And when they make that turn inside the auditorium, guess who's there? We got our ushers. And so at, at every line of sight, at every time that someone has to say, where do I go from here? There's a person which says you're heading in the right way. We're ready for you. We're glad you're here. And if you have any questions, we're here for it. And, and so, so all the way through, there's all these welcoming people that are trying to learn their names. Okay, right? like you said before. On, on big days, we tell our people, we say, hey, learn three names and use them three times. And if, if, if you use someone's name three times on a big day, Christmas, Easter, whatever, then, then you may lock it in, one. And two, they felt loved because in this giant crowd, someone knew their name. And so people are, are are working on that kind of throughout all these different lanes. When they get in, we, we have, I, I, I look, when I go to a party, if I don't have something in my hands, I feel uncomfortable. And so we wanna give them something to put in their hands. Um, and so we give them caffeine, we give them coffee put it in their hands. Makes worship livelier too. Oh man, it lifts it up. <laughs> less people falling asleep in the message, but more people going to the bathroom. So just, <laughs> but, but we, you know, and, and then yeah. they'll sit down and uh, one of our rules for our team, we let people, hey, nobody sits alone. Make sure nobody's by themselves for long periods of time. So we, again, that's all, so we we'll, our team will be sitting next to guests just kind of organically uh, because that's a part of our values. It's how we operate. Good. And then throughout the service, we address the guest four different times and we say, Hey, after service, we have a gift for you. Make sure you stop by. Hey, after service, we have a gift for you at the next step table. Stop by. Hey, and we do it, we do it four different times uh, at different ways. You know, one is just a slide and then we'll do it. Uh, then we'll do it in our reminder segment as we do like welcome because we want them to take the next step, fill out a card. Cause if I have your phone number now we can start a relationship. And so, sure. and I text them from my cell phone number. Good. Uh, yeah. Cause I, again, I'm, I, I'm not that big of a deal and the crazy people I can block if I really need to. So like, it's okay. Is that why you don't call me back? That's why I don't call you back. You've been (laughs) blocked, Cal. But, but yeah, so we'll, we'll do it there. And then at the front end of my message, before I start preaching, I once again, give a next steps invitation. I say, Hey, at the end of service, please stop by. We'd love to meet you. And then as I close in the message, we do the salvation call, everything else Uh, before I release everybody. Once again, if you're new, Stop by the next steps table. Look in the back. Look over there. That's the next steps table. Make sure you stop by. Get your gift. And, and by doing that, we, we probably have 80, 90% of the people who come that'll, that'll end up filling out a card. We still have to grab them, you know, on the way, but, but like, and we put that, that by the door on purpose so that we can grab them as they leave. But, um, probably 80, 90% of the people fill out a card and then out of those, we'll probably have about 50% that will, that will go on to take the next step of showing up to coffee with the pastors, which is like our, you know, first step of, of, you'd say partnership.
1: I hear a lot about coffee coffee I
0: love coffee <laughs> I got a deep deep love for coffee
1: so I'm assuming by by what you're saying you're providing coffee when people come in yep they're taking it in the auditorium with them when mm-hmm. they when they come yep uh, and then you have a coffee connection tell me what that coffee connection looks like
0: yeah so we we run it's it's uh it's from break 200com Mike Santiago is uh, a CMN person. Um, and, and so he runs this thing, he calls it party with the pastors, but we have so few people, it doesn't always feel like a party. So we decided to make it coffee with the pastors and that also keeps our budget lower. <laughs> and so we, we set up a little lounge uh, and we make it nice kind of in, in the back area of the auditorium. It's all and draped off in a really classy kind of fashion. Like you wouldn't even know it's there. We have, and again, we have good signage to help point people though. And then, uh, once a month it's, it's the second Sunday of every month without fail, we have Coffee with the Pastors right after service, and it's an opportunity. We have a, a little slide deck where we show pieces of our story. We show them really how to get involved. We tell stories of life change because we're saying to, to them, we're saying, hey, here's a story of life change. This is our prayer for you. And we're inviting them to take the next step, which would be the following weekend. Uh, we do Serve 101, which we're, we're, we're piloting right now. This is our first time doing it this coming weekend but that's it's 8:30 a.m. cuz if they're going to show up early to serve Might as well get them early for, for server one-on-one. And we, we buy their Starbucks. You choose your drink. We're buying it for you. And we provide a a warm breakfast as well. And we do one hour, 8.30 to 9.30. And we train them in what does it look like to serve? We're talking about spiritual gifts and and those types of things, personality. Uh, But then we're also like, this is how you use planning center and how you accept a request. Uh, Because on the practical, people just don't know what to do. And so we're going to walk them through that. And then they join us for our dream team huddle before church. And, uh, and then they, you know, they're, they're now in the system. They can now start serving. They're in our community. And so it's, it's, it's all, how do we remove the friction of people getting involved? Because when people are new and especially if they're unchurched, they they feel like outsiders, there's so much friction. And so our job as a church is how do we help you to become a part of the community quickly removing the friction because if i can get you in relationship with others you'll grow in your relationship with god that's
1: so good
0: wow so that's what we do that's 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 kind of the play we're running right now and um you know and again the all the heart is it's outsider We're, we're geared for those people and i think you know for for a person who is whether church planting established church. I think that the core is it's not even about the systems that we run because who we are comes comes out way, way more than our systems. It's it's the yeah. personality, what you, f- it's what it feels like in the room. And so I, I you know, I would just encourage that. I think the number one thing is like, what do we really want? Like as a church, like in an honest way. And if it's not what we want it to be, then, then how do we shift culture mm. so that we, we really embody that? And we are a church that exists for those who aren't here yet, and we are discipling. Uh, you know, through all this, we have small groups, we have all the things to disciple. But, but even those are are we have entry points for people who are new, who don't get any of this, because we exist for them. And I think that as we as as church leaders, as pastors, continue to lean in that way, we will continue to reach those people. But they they know there is a an in there is a a built in sense in every person. To know one recognize when they're really wanted mm. and when, when, the, when it's like a token you belong here or when it's genuine we've made room for you and we're doing our best to really understand where you're coming from and we're considering how you might be feeling and how you grew up and what your family's like and all of that is built in to how we preach to how we welcome to how we do worship Um, And, and that's going to be different in every context because in a rural context, that's different. We're in Oak Park. It feels a certain way that wouldn't necessarily translate to where we've been in Modesto. It's a different, it's a different feeling, but, but it's genuine for the people that we're reaching.
1: That's good. So, so the big thing is understanding your crowd yeah. So you can be able to relate to them, and at the same time, be able to uh, make them feel at home. What are some resources, you know, that you know people that are listen to this podcast that that you've gone through and yeah. you've experienced that maybe you could point them to?
0: Yeah. Um, so a couple of things that could be helpful. I mean, CMN launch training was helpful, and I think you can attend that even if you're not launching a church, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean that that is something um, maybe a little more on the expensive side. Uh, break dot com. Mike Santiago is a great resource. There's uh, six seasons of resources that outlines how they do literally everything at their church. Um, the 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 grow process and grow uh, resources that come from Church of the Highlands is really helpful as well. Um, and then I'm trying to think w- what else would be those kind of those kind of pieces. I. Yeah, those would be my primary sources right now uh, that are helping us, you know, in that way, Uh, you know, and then, and then, you know, any sort of web development type things too that help to create a simple welcoming website, because nowadays that's the front door of the church for many people.
1: 80% of people uh, shop a church online before they come.
0: Yeah, it's really important. Uh, Honestly, most of our people, if we, if we, because we do, we ask, hey, where'd you hear about us? We're probably at about uh, 70% of people find us on Google and about 20% catch us on social networks. All of them have seen our Instagram before they came and probably 10% were invited by a friend. And so if we didn't have an online presence, we'd be missing out on reaching about 80 to 90% of the people that we're reaching right now. Wow.
1: Wow. Crazy. Well, uh, man, this has been good. You know, we, we talked before that this would go very, very quick and, uh, it's, it's been good having you on this podcast. And, uh, I, I think the main thing is, is that we need to really focus on the fact that, um, we understand the people that we're trying to reach. Yeah and we're doing everything that we can when they walk in the door to make them feel at home. Yeah. And I love what you uh mentioned earlier about taking your team and saying, "Okay, let's let's walk through here and f- and get a feel of we're we're pretending that we're a team coming into the church now what are our guests what are they experiencing and it's a good discipline for I think that needs to be something that that every pastor needs to do uh, either on their own with their spouse or doing it with their team of walking through the whole process of what people are experiencing and not just uh, stopping with when the service starts but thinking through the service itself is it understandable is it something that it's applicable uh, I always talk to with my team we need to focus on what are they going to be able to use on Tuesday yeah my dad yeah. used to say it's not how high you jump it's how straight you walk when you come down uh-huh. and many times we get a lot of people real excited on Sunday but it isn't anything that's applicable on Monday Tuesday yep. Wednesday
0: yep what's and the takeaway
1: yes what's the takeaway on that so uh, good stuff uh, a couple things that are in fact there was a book that Barna put out man it's been ages ago. I used to hand it out when I first started in all this. It was called Finding a Church You Can Call a Home, and it was actually a book that people could look through, and it you graded churches that you went through, wow. of how their children's was, how the greeters were, what the message was like, everything through that. But it's good to evaluate. I used it to evaluate our own church, yeah. um, uh, Troy Jones has the From the Street to the Seat. Yes. And it's a 70-point assessment. I use it That's with okay. a lot of churches that I go to. But really, it is formulated for a pastor to use to be able to uh, look at and grade himself of how they're doing. Yep. Uh, if you're interested in that, you can just uh, send me an email at calswenson at gmail.com, and I'd be more than happy to send you a copy of that. But It's uh, a great resource. You know, yeah. It's just utilizing anything and everything. And of course we're available. Of course. They want to get a hold of us and uh, get more information about this, but man, this has been good stuff. It's been great. It's been nice sitting here with you,
0: man. Same. Thank you for letting me come on and talk a little bit. Hang on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you just pray a prayer over our, our listeners and, and just pray that God would give them direction and favor with the guests they have coming through their, their front doors. That's great.
0: Lord, we just pray for every person that's watching or listening today. God, we pray that you would, first of all, refresh them, lift them up, encourage them. Lord, I pray that there would be uh, a a joy about the work that they're doing for you and with you. And Lord, we pray, God, Lord, that you would speak to their hearts, Lord, as they look to lead their church into a more welcoming environment. Uh, whether they're already down this path some ways and they're looking for that next step, uh, or whether this is a brand new thing, Lord, I pray that you would give them inspiration. Lord, I pray that you give them eyes to see, Lord, what it, what it what it feels like for outsiders, for people, Lord, maybe they've grown up in the church and this is all that they've kind of known. And so this is a new, fresh set of eyes. Lord, I pray that there would be just the ability to see and to understand. Lord, I pray that uh, that as they Uh, welcome feedback from others as well, Lord, that there would be, uh, 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 the ability to receive that and, Mm. uh, and to receive it with encouragement and joy, Lord, that it wouldn't be discouraging and all of that, but Lord, it would be uplifting Lord, that I pray that they would lead in hope and Lord, that their church would continue to reach the lost, to reach people who are, who feel like they're far from you, who feel like they're outsiders and Lord, that when they'd show up, Lord, they would feel like this is home, and this is family, and this place was prepared for me. And they would say yes to following you. And they would join the family. They would join in the kingdom of God. Lord, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen.